so for the last uh, two years now, well, it's, it, it's, it's been a little bit less than that because it's taking a little bit for the medication to work through my body. But I no longer have bite sweats. Um, I, I can eat not properly or eat whatever I want. It used to be where I couldn't eat anything. I was constantly throwing up. I was constantly living and in a state of fear. And no one wants to live in fear. And so we know that there's, there's, there's stuff out there, but people are too afraid. I was too afraid. And so now that I know that I'm HIV positive, there's just so much stuff I can do now. I take my medication. I see my doctor on a regular basis. I see there every three months. I make sure. And for somebody who doesn't have insurance, it was the biggest problem for me was because I didn't know where to get tested, where to get a free test. So we will be talking about where, where can you get free tests? And where, you know, there's so, there's so many options around the United States where they offer free testing and no one really knows about them. You know, so we want to make sure that we advocate, you know, for know your status. And once you know your status, to stay HIV negative or if you're HIV positive, we want you to be undetectable. That is the only way that we can um, get the zero transmission rate. And my life has been incredible since learning. And it's, it's difficult because I have to take a medication every year. I, I mean, every day at the same time. I have to make sure it's no food. I had, first, I was on the three pill medication. So that was super hard to make sure that I would always take, you know, all three pills at the same time every single day at the same hour. Make sure it's with food. Make sure that I have something to eat. You know, one day, two days, you can't skip this medication, you know, for anything. You have to take it religiously. So that has changed in my life, but for the better now. Now I can educate. Now I can be an advocate. And while I don't want somebody, I would like for people who are not HIV to be advocates. I feel like it's so important somebody who is living with HIV, who doesn't have insurance, to be even more of an advocate for... Um, you know, making sure that we end zero transmissions.
I didn't tell these, these they're, they're not going to really talk about anything they're specifically. Not I, exactly. So, so I was like, well, let me go get educated first because I want to see the series. I'm, I'm really interested in, and I saw the, I, I saw the preview and I was like, wow, this is, this is hardcore. It's going to be really um, emotional to the viewers as well to, you know, like to see it and at, at a theater. So it's going to be a raw emotion to it. And I'm, I'm like, wow. This is what we're looking for. This is what we're needing to have this conversation as well, too. So thank you for for being the mind. Thank you for having I, this, I, this. I have to I have to say, like, I, I really don't know. What the, yeah, thank you. I really don't know where, the, where it came from. Uh, anybody around me will tell you that, like, I kind of have an idea, and then, like, I just go until it's done. Uh, but I really have to be... I have to be thankful for my tribe, you know. Uh, they sit over here on my side right now, not saying much, but a lot of this belongs to them. Um, my name is at the top somewhere, but it's not. It's not because um, it's not because I'm climbing on them. It really is because they're holding me up. Uh, my pops literally took me in, uh, introduced me to what HIV looked like. I thought it looked like that. Uh, did what, 20, 20 years? 20 years uh, living with HIV. I met him, shoot, how long has it been? 16 years. Like 16 years ago. Um, so I've been I've been with him throughout a, a, a large part of it. Um, and he gave me the agency to say, like, I can do whatever I want to do, however I want to do it. Um, was homeless and a prostitute, and he brought me into uh, public health. So definitely a support system. And these two I've really gotten close to in the last year, uh, Titan and Kimmy. Um, but there there really is no other. You know, um, they ride for me like nothing. They, they listen to my crazy ideas. They try to give me pushback. I think they probably learned that it won't work. <laughs> we have to gang up on Ian. Like one, two, three, four people. Like, no, that's not going to work. No, Ian. This is not working. But you know, this did work. Yes. You know, so his vision and his and his um, thoughtfulness of how to create it and how to put the aspects together and how to ask questions and how to... Um, Follow through with it and yeah. put you know from start to end, and I saw you got so many um, sponsors. I was like, wow, this actually is amazing yeah. that people are um, giving you money to get this document out there to make it so that people can hear, can see the other side of the story, that they can listen and learn and maybe take away something that. Um, who who do you think is be who do you want to be more effective? Or like, what's your what's your targeted audience of that you want? If somebody can take away after viewing this, what is your goal to happen? So uh, it's really interesting. I I started out with this, and the focus was going to be on churches. So making sure clergy uh, clergy saw it. We're working on a project, um, doing cultural humility trainings for uh, black churches. So we wanted to use this as training modules, if you would. Uh, for black churches on five um, social components of why you know we deal with 
HIV and LGBT and sexuality in the churches in traumatic ways. But as it moved, um, this is a healing exercise yes. in art. Yes. Uh, this is, this is, I think that anybody that can watch it, you know, it is black queer folk and, and those adjacent to it and those living with HIV. But I think white women, black women, that's what's so powerful about it. Um, I did a pre-premiere at the United States Conference on AIDS, um, and it was a white woman in the crowd, and I think she cried harder than any of the, the black queer men in there. Um, because it really is a, an exercise of healing through art. Um, and so now, what I am hoping, because I think that, I think that if people can see themselves, no matter no matter the fact that all you're gonna see is melanin on the screen, but if you can see yourself, and you may see a, you may see a big boy in makeup, and you may see a, a, a masculine woman in dreads, okay? So, um, but, but the power is that you'll still be able to see yourself um, and your journey and just dealing with like, how do, I, how do I get to a place? That's my problem with the LGBT community, if I can just be yes. transparent. My problem with the LGBT community is like a lot of times we sit in the space of our trauma and our victimization and we sit there and we want to have conversations about what you did to me wrong and how you affected me and how I didn't grow from that and how I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm affected and affected by this. And we never give solutions. We never move towards resolution. Um, I was really intentional. The only thing that I've been intentional about with this is to make sure um, that there is some resolution, some healing at the end of this. Can I, you just got back from USDA. Yeah. Can, can I pick, you know, like I have, Ashton went there as well too, and he was telling me, I'm going to have him back on our show, because I was like, you need to tell me how it was the experience of, you know, like what did you learn from it? You went there, uh, what did you come back? Uh, what, what knowledge did you gain from being over there? You, I know you, you went your your documentary got um, yeah. premiered over there as well too, um, but what uh, I actually I, did, I wasn't able to follow it, so I'm gonna have you give me the four one one of what what was it about and what you know. Uh, I want you to I want you to respond too, but I because uh, um, my pops was there with me. Uh, what I got from it is you got to leave with race. Uh, people are not gonna like it, but when you're in a space and you're dealing with racial issues, you have to leave with race. Um, the most powerful, in my opinion, and this is an argument, but the most powerful organization at USDA, other than NMAC, uh, the National Minority AIDS Council, hey, thanks for letting me be your social media fellow, um, but the most powerful organization <laughs> there <laughs> was the Positive Women's Network, Okay. because black women always save us. Yes. Mm. Black so women have always so. saved us. Um, and so though I identify, <laughs> so, so though I identify uh, as a black queer man, and I was raised by a effeminate father, uh, <laughs> he's still my black, my, my my second favorite black gay woman. Uh, <laughs> no, who's the first? Who's the first? No, but um, but seriously, the most powerful organization that was PWN, and it's because black women don't mind say what black men are afraid to. Mm. Boy, you is talking. Um, 
Um, and so, and so, a lot of times I had to lean on Positive Women's Network because they will walk into spaces and say, "What you're not going to do? Right. This right. is what this is. This is how we're going to talk. This is where we're going to go. This is what we're going to do." They actually organized with uh, some other organizations a protest that they went to Na National Minority AIDS Council and said, "We're protesting the guy that you're bringing, mm. and we're walking on stage. So are you going to let us?" Mm. And wow. they did. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's the head of CDC. Right. So, yeah. Right in the middle of the speech with Joy Reid on stage. They went right up there and telling him what they're demanding that CDC do. So, this my perspective. This is the women's. How positive women's network. Positive women's network, yes. Right. They, they were actually on my show here, and Tana was. Yeah, oh, Tana. Yeah, yeah, she was on a show with, with Crystal. She's with uh, Asian HIV Houston, yeah. and it was our largest um, show to date. We have like over like twenty five and hundred views, and yeah. compared to like our two hundred, which, yeah. right. which is normal. But yes, I mean, I, I'm go ahead. I want to, yeah. I want to hear what so, you experience yeah. from so that. So, as someone living with HIV, yes. uh, person living with HIV, <clears throat> I took a different perspective. You know, I looked at Gilead was the main sponsor. So the whole theme is in the HIV epidemic, but Gilead provides the medication that's saving my life. Yes. There's the sponsor. Do they really want to end the HIV epidemic? No. You know, so that's the first perspective. And, <clears throat> it, you know, real work is advocacy work. I look at how they want to end the HIV uh, epidemic, and now it's through biomedics. So <laughs> it's this whole thing now. It's the science is how we're going to get rid of HIV. That's interesting. And just what I need to, you know, for my own self, how are they going to do that? And so science, they're counting on science and missing out on the human. Yeah. You know, they're not focusing on the health disparities. And another thing I noticed about the conference is that they had several different tracks for that. They gave me track, women and HIV. There was nothing around mental health. Not one single topic. <laughs> and so, if we're going to really end the epidemic, we've got to start talking about mental health. Because mental health just plays a huge part of who you are, trauma. So I think that part was missing. Um, but I, it, it was some positive moments with it. Um, and I think the most important is that there are so many people out there, allies and us living with HIV, that are really advocating for the rights and bringing the subject matter, making sure that it's still a topic that is being discussed. We just got a long way to go. Yeah. Uh, last, last thing. I, I really enjoyed it, but I always think about, like, it was at, um, and it was, it was a wonderful time, but I just, you know, I was sitting back thinking, because I have social anxiety, so I had a bit of a time to think, because that was like 1,500 people, and that was too many people sometimes. For me, so I went in my room, but it was at the Marriott Marquis. It was in downtown D.C. I think registration, though, and we didn't pay registration, it was like $800. dollars six five to $800. $500 to $800. Um, and it was beautiful. I mean, Gilead was all down the escalators. Uh, they had this beautiful setup in the exhibit hall. They had Joy Reid. They had Joy Reid. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really. It was star-packed. It was really, 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 really. <laughs> um, and so I just wonder, you know, I just wonder. 
So I am a I'm a self-employed activist running a small nonprofit. I write my own grants, just building a board, right? But I don't have insurance. Yeah, that's not yeah. And I'm on prep. Yeah. I don't like city clinics because city clinics don't treat you nice. So as an activist who pretty much puts his life out on the line every single day to create things that potentially has enough money to eat. I don't struggle eating or, or having food or having gas, but I surely can't afford $2,000 in medication. Mm. So I, y'all can spend $2,000 on me to come out there, which I'm grateful for. Cool, cute. I get to show my film. I get more eyes on it. But I have to get prep for my friends with their extra refills. It doesn't make sense. So who do you, I mean, do you mind me asking what clinic do you use? Who do you? Oh, so so originally. <laughs> I mean, I can see because Legacy offers free prep, um, St. Hope, um, Avenue 360. I, these are all clinics that I'm learning of as of recently. But so so it was really interesting. Um, and I love AIDS Healthcare Foundation. I'm actually a part of, I'm the president of Infos Group. Woohoo! <laughs> but I did go there, and this is just their policy. Uh, their policy is um, for prep, like you can go in there and you can use their services without insurance if you're uh, living with HIV. But if you're not living with HIV, um, in order to go to the doctor, you have to have insurance. Um, and so, I'm actually, um, I actually have an appointment with Legacy coming up so that I don't have to steal people's uh, Truvada. Um, but I, I make that point openly and, and outwardly because it's just a really, a really interesting thought that um, not, only, not only was I on prep, um, but I was on prep really specifically because I was in sex therapy for like years, right? So just by figuring out what sex looked like and why was I doing it um, in a way that was really hazardous to my health, right? And so looking at the fact that I could easily seroconvert, uh, I say this, y'all know I'm real transparent when I talk about this. Uh, weeks ago, weeks ago I got gonorrhea, maybe like a month and a half ago. I had to go to a clinic to get shot up, and it was so stigmatizing. Because they said, hey, I know you, you're with Impulse Group. Y'all not understanding all the other traumas that I'm dealing with, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so when you yeah. come to when you come to me and I go to spaces like that, I enjoy the space. I love the space. I think USDA. We need a place like USDA, right? But though I am leading in this community, I am still, in some ways, failing in my personal life based upon the restrictions that the people who sponsor this conference have on my health. Real talk. Yeah, I mean that's that's exactly why you know I, I you know we need healthcare. We need access to um, prep on you know on demand, not on demand, but I should say yeah. like as as a preventative care. I know that there's San Francisco and New York that are it's doing well. that, that's doing very well in saying that okay we're gonna now you can get prep over the counter. I don't know how how I feel about that because you still need to get your blood work done. You still need to get your test. So if I just because I can get the pill, what about my other stuff? What about you know my my you know three months of lab work that I need to get mm -hmm. to making sure that I'm still negative 
to make sure that my bone, you know, my bone loss is not, tr you know, mm -hmm. all the side effects that come with Truvada and making sure that you are healthy enough. Mm -hmm. So just because you have the pill doesn't mean you actually get the, the results from it because you may take it one, you know, stealing from here, or, you know, borrowing from a friend here, borrowing from a friend there. Can't borrow nothing, you can't return. Okay. I got diagnosed um, two years ago, actually will be, yeah, two years ago I diagnosed in April. And um, it's been, it was a life changing. First, I was, I, I shouldn't be alive today if, if it was for, if it wasn't for the drugs and the medication. And knowing your status is so important because I didn't have to suffer this. My T cell count was um, at 10 when I first got diagnosed, which is like zero is the lowest and 800 is the highest. And I'm at a 10. And so that tells you that I was so sick. And so, Knowing your status, and that's because I was afraid as well too to know my own status, and that's what I want to. That's the whole reason why for this podcast is to bring more awareness about knowing your status and knowing that HIV is not a death sentence, but um, we do have to control it. And so, you equals you, undetectable equals untransmittable. So once you on a on a regimen, you become untransmitted. You can't pass it to anybody else. But how do you know that you can't pass it? Or how do you know that you're HIV um, negative is by continuing taking blood tests every three months. So going to your doctor, if you're sexually active, continue taking PrEP or ask about PrEP to your physician if that's um, something that you're interested in. It does help for people who like to have um, natural sex. And you know, it, there's people who are out there who, who, who want this. And so we have the opportunity to be able to um, have frank conversations with people who are currently taking PrEP, people who have been a long time HIV positive, who have been living it for 30 plus years, 20 plus years. We wanna you know, bring the conversation back to the community. We wanna be able to make sure that the community knows that HIV doesn't have a face, it's all of us. My name is Antonio T. Smith Jr. In 2005, I had a close family member die to HIV. And I, to be honest with you, I'm still probably not even supposed to know it. Uh, in fact, the only reason I know it is because an angry family member said it in anger and it slipped out. And that's how I found out. And that's why I'm so passionate about this podcast because I'm tired of people like me, family who would support and who would have loved on my cousin she died alone she died in the hospital bed completely alone because i didn't know and because i was too busy playing basketball than being with my cousin and i'm very passionate about what josh michael does he wants to change the world and i hope all of you contact him and that's why i'm so extremely passionate about this podcast I, but i suffer every day that i let my cousin die alone because 2005 made me an ally, but I shouldn't have to go through death like that to become an ally. All of us should be allies. That's my story, and that's why Josh is doing this podcast, and that's why we're here.
Destruction, mama, tell me it's alright before I turn to nothing.